Hi there and welcome again to the Jobs Podcast. My name is Barry Vickers and you're very welcome and thank you for downloading this episode. Today's topic is social media and how you can harness the power of it to increase your chances of getting a job. Um, before I get into that topic, there was a couple of things that came up last week that I'd like to cover off. Um, first of all, a couple of people asked me about why I, why I didn't mention references or referees and putting them on your CV. I'm not a great believer in references or referees on your CV, but I suppose if it is something that you want to do, here's a couple of do's and don'ts. I'm, For the record, I'm more of a believer in the personal network strategy that I spoke about last week rather than giving names on the CV. So that's number one. Do feel free to put names on or titles down on the CV if it's not names. You know that the service delivery manager will speak about you and so on. And um, don't put available on request. It's a pet hate of mine, and I think of a lot of other recruiters. Either do or don't put them down. Don't put down available on request. Stay away from putting down the phone numbers or emails of your referees on the on the document. Bear in mind uh, two things. First of all, the privacy of the person who's your referee, but also what the what the decision maker may view of the fact that you're putting someone else's personal details on such a document um, and also do talk to your referees and talk to them about their preparedness to take a call uh, obviously get their permission um, if you know that they're going to be called soon warn them and give you know contact them and remind them of the following um, do tell them to bear in mind that they might be asked about negative traits so such as your weaknesses or um, times of how you operated under pressure and so on and just remember to tell them that not to make sure things are lost in translation. So, in other words, if they are asked like something like that and they feel that they do want to mention something, assure them that that's okay, but just ask them to contextualize it so that they know that it's not something that held you back in your role, or even better, that it might be something that you have overcome. Remember, everyone's human and no one is expected to be perfect. In fact, a perfect reference sometimes is worrying from a from a recruitment point of view. Um, your referees should be supervisors or managers, current or former. Bear in mind that what's being sought is someone who has walked a mile in the, in the shoes of the current decision maker. So someone understands the kind of considerations that the person seeking to hire you is doing. But the referees may be acceptable. It's best to check. So, for example, academic and character references are sometimes okay if you've recently graduated from college and you're starting out your career. Um, but again, it's best to check. The other question that came up was this was an idea of a competency box or a skills matrix. And the idea here is at the top of your CV to put in a table of skills that you might have and maybe some sort of scoring mechanism to so that a recruiter can very quickly look at what your skills and abilities are. It is a good idea. I have used it in the past with technical candidates in particular. A couple of pitfalls on it. First of all, the big one is don't self-rate because you run the risk of getting that wrong over or under estimating your skills. It's very difficult to get it right on the money. So instead, put in years of experience and, and put in how recently you've used that skill. So, for example, you might say Java and you've used it for seven years and you haven't used it in six months. Um, if there's any considerations like versions or things like that, by all means, put those in. But do stay away from putting in soft skills in here. Don't put in things like communication skills or ability to communicate. It's a bad idea. Better to just put in quantifiable, factual skills. Okay, so let's move on to today's topic, which is social media. Um, I'm just going to briefly cover what social media is and this idea of Web 2.0, because some people may understand it and others may not. Um, I suppose... 
when the web started up first, it was very much flat, static pages. You went, you saw a site, you saw the same as other people saw, and the experience was very much the same for everyone. But more recently, websites have become more dynamic. So the, you can share, you can like, uh, the website itself will serve up content that it feels is more relevant to you based on what you've already liked or whatever you already shared um, or what you've commented on of what you rated. And the idea is that you, you get a personal web experience from the web. And in relation to professional networking and job searches, there's loads of websites like this. So I did a quick trawl and, you know, there's things like Viadio, uh, Zing, Bizly, PartnerUpCompany.com, Zerply, Achu, Site Communities, Branch Out, uh, Facebook to a lesser degree, uh, Twitter, obviously, um, and LinkedIn. Um, and LinkedIn is the one I'm going to focus on mostly because of all of them. It is the granddaddy of them. It's got 250 million users at the, at the time of writing. And it's very much, it's the grandfather of uh, recruitment. It's been a game changer for, for me and others like me in my industry. Um, to cover off briefly while I'm picking it instead of Facebook, the reason is that Facebook is not really, to my mind and people I know in the recruitment industry, perceived as a professional networking tool. In my opinion, Facebook is more reserved for family and friends and those kinds of interactions than it is for professional networking. So the analogy I've heard used is that Facebook is for the conversations you would have over the barbecue, whereas LinkedIn is for the conversations you would have in the boardroom. So anyway, let's talk about LinkedIn. It's a company that's been around for quite some time. I think I've been using it for about 10 years now. Uh, over that time, I think it's had some of, it of an identity crisis, or certainly its identity has changed. It started off as a very open networking uh, tool. and But since then, I think probably through the process of monetization, they've been introducing paywalls and pulling back on the, the openness of it. And you have to pay to see certain features. So, for example, I think when I joined it first, you could see everyone on it that was on it. And um, now you can only see the details of second degree connection so people who are connected to the people who are connected to you so it's this idea that you connect with somebody and they're your first degree connections and the people who are connected to them are the second degree connections and the people who are connected to those yet third degree connections and so on um, that said and with those considerations i think linkedin have absolutely nailed it in terms of what they're doing it's an amazing tool it's the professional networking tool du jour for any network for any recruiters i know um, and it's, that was reflected somewhat recently by a very strong IPO. They went uh, publicly listed and they made an absolute fortune on their share price. Um, LinkedIn maintained that you should only network on LinkedIn with people that you already know. Uh, to me, I'm not too sure I agree with that. I'm what's called a lion on, on LinkedIn, which is a LinkedIn open networker, L-I-O-N. You'll see that on people's profiles. And what that means is they're happy to connect with you and they might ask you to connect with them. It's just one of those things. It's their way of signaling that they're happy to connect. Be careful with who you connect with. Some people may not want to connect with you and they may object, they may report you. And I personally have been frozen out a couple of times on LinkedIn uh, for that very reason. Um, in my experience, so don't be put off, that doesn't happen very often. I have about 16 million people in my network now, and it's only happened twice. So it's a very, very rare occurrence. But that said, you know, be polite, be nice. It's nice to be nice. So the key to LinkedIn is connectivity. But before you do that, the first thing you should look at is your profile. There's no point in connecting with people or getting other people to look at your profile unless it's a good profile. So spend a lot of time on that. The, all the lessons I said in the last 
podcast episode are relevant here. A couple of tweaks to that. First of all, you can use recommendations here. So there is a feature in LinkedIn that's very powerful where you can actually get people to write testimonials on your profile, which are it's a very, very powerful tool and it's a good way to connect. In relation to that as well, sell yourself on it, by all means do. But in terms of your objective, you might make it a little bit more generic this time because there isn't a specific job that you're, you're going to be targeting here. It's going to be more about just general attraction, if that makes sense. Spelling is a big part of this as well. So I don't think LinkedIn has a spelling feature. So do make sure that you do check your spelling before you put it up because, you know, there's no F7 here. Um, there's a space also for volunteering in LinkedIn, which I think is fantastic. First of all, it encourages volunteering. And second of all, it's very useful for graduates or anyone else who wants to fill out their experience in terms of, uh, you know, making showing themselves to be more rounded. Um, profile pictures are a feature of your LinkedIn profile. And as you know, I'm not a fan of pictures on CVs, but I am a big fan of them on your LinkedIn profile. Do put them on. This isn't your CV. Um, it won't make recruiters skittish. It doesn't have to be a professional grade photograph, but you'd be amazed at some of the things I've seen out there on profiles. People with no shirts, people with um, sunglasses, people in their bathroom, people in silly you know, martial arts type poses, other silly poses, sometimes pictures of two people in the profile. So who am I talking to? Which one of those two is you? Again, it doesn't have to be a professional grade photograph, but just a nice picture and have a look at the picture after you've taken it before you upload it. Have a look at you, have a look at the background. And, you know, if you if you see there's a toilet seat behind you, maybe think about taking it at another angle. There is a feature called uh, Profile Update Broadcasting on LinkedIn, which I would recommend when you're setting up your profile initially, make sure that that's turned off because you don't want to be spamming all your network, even though it will be small at that stage with uh, any tweaks that you're making to your profile. Something to turn on later on, it's a it's a very powerful tool that if you've got a job or if you've achieved a new certification to automatically broadcast it out to your network. It doesn't seem like you're boasting about it, it just happens automatically. But at this stage, turn it off. Um, LinkedIn will also allow you to uh, upload samples of your work. Uh, this changes, and bear in mind, it's an online tool, so it's shifting sands on this. Um, they were using Box, where you could put up anything you want, and now I think you can just upload general things like documents, PowerPoints, and, and uh, PDFs, and things like that. Um, but, you know, it is a good place to showcase your work, and if you don't have anywhere else to do it, this is a good place to, to, to do it. If there's other content and you're that way inclined, you can also... also Put in links to if you have a blog or a website like on WordPress or Tumblr or Webs or a blogger, you know, you can put that up too. And those websites, if, you, if you're interested in looking at those, I'd recommend it. They're not complicated. They're easy to use. And it doesn't actually have to be a blog. A lot of those websites that you can create a blog, you can actually use them to create a website as well. It's a different concept. But anyway, um, I also recommend, you know, put up Lion on your profile, the LinkedIn open networker thing to start off with. It's a good way to build up your network. Don't be afraid of getting people that you don't know looking to connect to you. They might seem random, but they could know someone who knows someone who could be useful to you or you could be useful to them in the future. It's all about the reciprocity. You can turn on or turn off connection browsing on your profile. It's up to you. So this means that people can see who you're connected to or people can, you can hide that. It's entirely up to you. There's pros and cons of, of both. In short, you know, if you're looking for a job and you're connected with people who are hiring managers, other people looking for a job may be able to steal your thunder in that way. And of course, it's the other way around as well. Um, 
mix and mingle. So there are special interest groups on LinkedIn and so you can join those. Look for ones that have large followings and that are relevant to what you're looking for. What you're looking to do is really increase your visibility and you know to your connections and so on. It's a good place in the groups to demonstrate yourself as an industry expert, you know, uh, make people aware of who you are. Read the ground rules of the particular groups, they will have them. Be polite, don't spam, don't just don't just continually update that you're looking for a job. Make good content. Share things that you know. Make it interesting. Don't make it obvious. If something is widely available in the media that there's a new story that's happening, there's no need for you to write it again and, and uh, you know introduce it as a scoop. Um, maybe even open up by introducing yourself into the group. Hi, my name is Barry. I'm new to the group. I'm asking for your advice if you hear anything or if you have any advice for someone like me who's looking for a job in the industry. In LinkedIn, another feature is you can follow companies. So we, you'll see the company profiles up there. And with that, when you follow them, you can see the jobs, you can see the updates about the companies. You can see when people you might know join those companies or leave those companies. And this is very useful for a number of reasons. First of all, you know, you can ask them for a recommendation. But second of all, you can see what skills that company does need and what skills perhaps that they don't need. For example, if you're following Ericsson Ireland, you'll see that we hire a huge amount of Java people for our product development unit in Athlone. So if that's what you do, it will be very relevant for you to have a look at following that. Connect with recruiters in your industry, like me. Not only will you be able to see my updates of jobs and things that I would have and they would have, you'll also be then connecting through second degree to the people that they're connected to. So not only like-minded individuals, but also potentially hiring decision makers. Behind the curtain is the real power of LinkedIn though. Employers buy licenses from LinkedIn that are very expensive, but are extremely powerful and they enable people to log in, to search very deeply on LinkedIn and then to contact anyone that's on the database, not just their connections, and approach them and send them what are called in-mails, which are invitations to connect. It looks like an email, but you have the choice to accept it or decline it. My recommendation is to always, always, always accept an in-mail. You do have an option to flag it as irrelevant or decline, but I'd be loath to do this for a number of reasons. First of all, it gets you a foot in the door with a conversation of someone who's paid a lot of money to speak with you. Second of all, the particular job they may have may not be relevant today or tomorrow or you know any time in the near future but perhaps the connection with the person who has the job will be very useful for you now or in the future linkedin also has a uniquely impressive jobs engine it would appear to serve up roles that are relevant to you based on not only your profile so it's searching your cv and matching for you but also i think on your previous browsing history and previous applications. So it really feels like the jobs are very much tailored to you. They can be tailored on what your CV says a little bit. So don't forget to look outside the jobs that are being sent to you, to all the jobs that are available. You can, in some instances, also apply with just your LinkedIn profile without having to upload a further CV. I would recommend against this. And my rationale is that, again, you should be writing a specific objective about the job that you're applying for so that the employer knows that you, why you're a match for it. There is more that LinkedIn does on the employer side, but I don't want to mention it because there is an element of trade secrecy in it. And also I do give masterclasses in this to, to people. So um, 
although I'm not actively doing that now because I'm retained by Ericsson. But it, so if you're interested in that, drop me a line. I'm sure we can work something out. One other thing that LinkedIn can do for you, you have to be kind of technical for this one, is uh, leverage the RSS features of it. So LinkedIn and other tools will allow a certain amount of interconnectivity so that when you update your LinkedIn, it will update your Facebook or your Zing and so on. Um, if you are that way minded, have a think about a centralized architecture where you're updating one place and it floats out to all the other places. So for example, I put up this here on uh, Tumblr, the podcast, but it feeds out to iTunes via RSS and it also feeds out to Learn Out Loud and a couple of other places. Um, so I'm not going to get too nerdy with this stuff. It uses a, a thing called RSS, which is real simple syndication, which is modeled on the idea of news wires and syndicated wires for news desks that used to be used all over the world to distribute news. So anyway, that's it about LinkedIn. In summary, I suppose, first of all, research what the social media tool is used in your profession. So I recently spoke to someone in uh, an Oracle who said that they use Viadio to, to connect with French speakers. Um, if you're not sure though, LinkedIn is probably a safe bet. Then once you've decided, make sure you build up a very, very good profile. That's the first thing before you connect or socialize with anyone else. Make sure that when you do attract them to you, that you look good. Then once you have the profile, do exactly that. Connect, socialize, network, interact, bring people to you. Don't forget also that it's people that are on it. So interact accordingly. Be nice, like what they're doing, listen to their contact. You'll get good advice there. So read what other people are saying as well. Bear in mind that they may have the same objective as you as well. They may be looking to further themselves. Lastly, remember the purpose is to connect people. You're not the only one there. So be open to connections, be open to listening to people. Be open if you can and if it costs you nothing to help people. So that's the end of today's podcast episode. Thank you for listening. Again, as ever, this podcast is available on iTunes if you haven't already subscribed there and on Learn Out Loud. The website of the podcast is jobscast.tumblr.com. I'd love to hear your comments or your thoughts on social media or your experiences of using LinkedIn or other tools to help you with your job search. So, you know, use the comment section of the of the of the website or drop me a line at barry at barry.ie if you've comments to make, you know, um or a question, let me know that too. If you can, please do put in jobscast as the subject line in the in the email that way I'll know exactly what it's about. But for now it just remains for me to say thank you very much for listening. Best of luck in your job hunt and take care.